It's just, I can't understand why it happened to me. I'm a good person, but here I am. And you're supposed to read pamphlets and leaflets and online bloody blogs, but it all just doesn't make sense. He's gone, and it feels like I'm getting lectured. Not by you, of course, but, you know, I've got people on the internet telling me how I should be feeling when they have absolutely no idea. I'm sorry. Even now it's hard to process. I still remember him how he was. I have this perfect memory of him in the back garden. He didn't know I was watching. Even though he was just a boy, he had Sean's my husband's jaw. It was already so strong and defined, and when he was confused, he would clench it and furrow his brow. In those moments, I could see the man he was going to be. Anyway, he was in the garden, right at the back, and he was just watching the birds that come every spring. Then I see him spot something, and his jaw goes. He'd seen a bird's nest in the bush. I watch him go over, peer in, and return to sit back on the grass. He was fascinated, transfixed. I remember all sorts of birds flying overhead, filling up the sky with their songs, but he didn't seem to notice. For the next two weeks, it would be the first thing he checked in on in the morning and the last thing at night and all he'd talk about. He came back from school with all sorts of books about the life cycle of birds and all the different species it could be. I can't remember what it ended up being now, but I'm sure he went on about them. He missed them hatching in the end. He was asleep and I didn't want to wake him, but he was grumpy with me for the next week or so. He still watched them grow up every second he could until they flew the nest. Then he moped about in one of his little moods. Constantly in his room he was, avoiding me completely. Until, all of a sudden, he burst into my room, tears streaming down his face saying he's sorry, and that he wants me to be his mum forever. I held him tight to me and said, you're my son. You're my boy, and I'll never leave you. We both ended up having a good old cry together. Now I look back at these moments that we had, and they just feel off. I no longer have my boy. Instead, 
there is a stranger that doesn't quite fit the hole he left. Well, I wouldn't say they're bad memories now, but they are painful. I had to take all the pictures of us down. It's difficult. It's just only now that I can see that the memories of before were good. But along with that, there is this empty feeling. I'm never going to get those times back. I'm never going to get my son back. I actually saw her last week. It's hard to get used to. Even after all this time, I'm still not used to it. It can get so confusing because in my head, she's still Jack. She looks different, but he's still Jack to so many people. When I talk with family, that's what they know her as. Anyway, we met on her break and she was all excited, talking about this and that, her job, her mates, clothing, makeup. She's still a whirlwind. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Mara just shuts down when I bring her up. I see her every few weeks, but she acts like Jack's died. So when I do see him, her, well, it almost feels like I'm talking to a ghost. Anyway, sorry. I went to see Jack, and then when I was saying goodbye, she said she'd finally settled on a new name. I could tell she was nervous. Ever since she was young, she's had this habit of holding a fist in one hand and tapping her finger on the back of it. I call it Jack's rain because it sounded like soft rain on a window. Maeve, that's her name now. I told her it was a pretty name and it is. In my head, I saw the last of Jack fade away before me. The image of his smile echoing out of existence. But when I saw Maeve smile, well, I think I saw the person she really is, the person she's always been for the first time. I guess you could say a lot has changed. Well, I mean, things between me and my wife have been strained and uh, distant. She gets so angry nowadays. It's little things that set her off, like if she can't find her car keys or if she stubs her toe, things like that. Last month, I made us dinner for when she finished work. It was this traditional Irish stew that I know her mum used to make when she was a girl. I even got her favourite wine, this Pinot Grigio from Sainsbury's, and when I showed it to her, she laughed, kissed my cheek and said, It's usually red wine with lamb. It was really nice. She told me about her day and we both just talked about whatever was on our minds. She smiled and laughed and for the first time in a while, I saw the woman from before. I saw the woman I love. Anyway, we have this deal that whoever doesn't cook does the washing up. So she's there doing the washing up and she can't get this stain off one of the plates. I see her getting more and more frustrated until she screams, smashes the plate on the floor. I held her there for a while, slumped and crying. She took a couple of days off work and barely said anything for the next week. The distance between us was back. It still is. I think, strangely enough, that that's been the hardest thing. I see Maeve and I can see that she's started to find her happiness. 
But Mara? I think if she could have stayed by her child's side, it could have been different. All the others aren't important to me, but she is. don't know about that. That's a question I could think about for hours. Like, it's one of those questions that really shows who a person is, I reckon, or how a person sees themselves. And that's important because you see what kind of qualities that person wants to embody. It can be quite spiritual. <laughs> but yeah, I think if I was an animal, I would be a bear. To be honest, I reckon bears get a lot of bad press. I kind of see them as these big fluffy dogs. You see videos of them all the time with people giving them the biggest hugs. And I'm definitely a hugger, I reckon. They also hang out in groups and families, but can do their own thing. I'm kind of big too. Although I'm not enormous. I feel a kind of solidity. And honestly, who wouldn't want to hibernate for half the year like six months of beauty sleep? Where do I sign? <laughs> Actually, I'm thinking maybe a bird. They're pretty free, but also very nurturing, which I like. I'm thinking penguin or ducks. Ducks are great too, because I love the cold. Cold weather is definitely my habitat for the winter wardrobe, if nothing else. I used to be super into birds, but not so much anymore. Well, when I was a kid, I found this nest in the back garden and I was so excited. I got all these bird books and basically just channeled my inner David Attenborough. I was obsessed. I used to give all my friends at school updates about the eggs, which kind of looked like small stones, so predators didn't want to eat them. Anyway, I had an app and completely missed them hatching, but at least I could still watch them grow, so it wasn't all too bad. Partridges can have like up to 20 or so eggs, so it's pretty demanding for their parents. But that means you can see them getting food for all the chicks all the time, which meant more amazing updates from my daily wildlife show at school. <laughs> no, but it really was amazing to see. I got to see them all fly away. Or I thought they all did. The next day, I went over to look to see if they'd left anything behind so I could take it to school. You know, feathers and that. But then I saw Daisy. She was so small and looked kind of deformed or like misshapen. Ugh. They sound like horrible words, but she was. I'm pretty sure it's because sometimes when you have a large amount of eggs, the ones that take the longest to hatch get trampled to the bottom. They are physically trampled, so they become really broken and never really have a chance of surviving. I knew my mum wouldn't let me keep her, so I kept a secret. I even built her a little den in my wardrobe. I got her worms from the garden and kept her nice and warm. But it wasn't enough. I went bawling right to my mum. Didn't tell her about it, but she seemed happy enough that I was out of my room, so she didn't bother asking. They say you always remember your first heartbreak. Would it be weird to say that Daisy was mine? The best day of my life 
was when I found out I was pregnant. I can remember it so clearly. Sean and I had been trying for almost three years, and I'd given up hope a thousand times over already. But he always tried lifting my spirits. It took three tests and a doctor's appointment for me to believe that it was actually happening. I would say the best day of my life was the day I died. I know that sounds so morbid, but it's true. But don't worry, I died at some botanical garden, so at least it was on brand. <laughs> yes, I remember. Jack was only little. In fact, it was just a week or so before he went to big school. It was Sean's idea, and I was just happy to spend as much time with Jack as possible before he went. I heard that after they start school properly, that's when they change. So, I wanted to spend as much time with my baby before then. It was so lovely. Idyllic, even. Me and Sean were holding hands, and Jack was just a little ball of energy. He just had to smell all of the flowers. After an hour or so, we came to a lake. Or it might have been a pond. You know, I actually don't know the difference. We were sitting on the bench, Sean and I, and Jack ran off to skim stones into the water. He had learned a few weeks before and just started to get the hang of it. We sat on that bench, just talking and laughing. We were so in love, even after so many years. Then I see him look past my shoulder, blinking. His eyes went wide, and then his jaw tensed. I turned, and I saw a bit of blood rising from the edge of the water. Sean bolts, and I stand up, but that's all my body can manage. He leaps over the rocks at the edge and crashes right into the water. It was so much deeper than I thought. If I'd have known, I'd never... Sean grabs him, though. I had this moment of pure relief, but it all came crashing when I saw he wasn't moving. I wanted to run to him, hold him to me, cry out, anything but just stand there. Sean then lays him on the grass, and I still couldn't move. I wanted more than anything to run to him, to hold them both. All I can do is watch. There was blood on the side of his head. I think he must have slipped and hit it before falling in. And his lips were blue. At this point, Sean was crying. He starts doing chest compressions, but nothing. He tries again, and nothing. He gives Jack the kiss of life. Nothing still. I was crying out for my body to move, but I was stuck. All I could do was watch as my world slipped away from me. Until, finally, after what must have only been a moment, but what felt like eternity, Jack coughed and gasped himself back to life. His little splutters sounded so weak, but they were the most beautiful sounds I have ever heard. 
better than all the birds that were flying around us, unconcerned about what was happening right before them. Sean rolls him onto his side and holds him tight, and I feel my legs just give from underneath me. I lay there for what seemed like hours and wept without restraint. I could just say, don't be ashamed of yourself, but like, what's advice? It's not like no one's ever told me that, and it's not like I didn't know it as a kid. I think it would have to be more than that. It would have to be like, what can I say to this young person that is feeling ashamed? Recently, Maeve's been suggesting some reading and it's been kind of a revelation for me. Well, I, I found that gender doesn't hold up very well when you start analyzing it. <laughs> uh, it's just been a real eye-opener. You know, I came into this so confident because I'd read all the books, sifted through all the advice, but I can honestly say that nothing really turned out how I thought it would. And I think I would have done a better job if I hadn't been so confident. That's what I'd tell myself, I think. If I could go back, I mean, I'd sit myself down and be like, all of it is gonna be different than what you thought it was gonna be. Ha, <laughs> I was prepared for my child to be anything not straight, but the thought of gender, didn't even come into it. Sean has been leaving books around. I'm sure he thinks he's being very inconspicuous. I ignored them at first. I know he's been getting them from it. Her. It still hurts. I'm not sure if that can ever go away. But at the end of the day, there are no prizes for holding lines that aren't important. Family should be the most important thing. And Maeve is such a pretty name. Becoming who I am has been tough, but losing my old identity may have been tougher. My mum would say that the child she had was dead, and in many senses, he is. For my family and friends who have known me before transition, they have to grieve for the child they knew before they can accept the person I am now. But that grief for her is eternal, so I have to grieve too. It doesn't mean I don't want to be Maeve, or that I regret a single one of the decisions I've made. The little boy my mum remembers doesn't exist. In a way, he never did. Nor does the man I was expected to grow into. I'm not that person. I never was. I'm optimistic when I think of the future, of what's to come. I have to be for mine and Mara's sake. I think, I think everything will work out in the end. I used to get told all the time to keep my head down, but that never really sat right with me. I don't really believe in just getting by. And I don't think anybody becomes their best self by keeping their head down. It took a long time and a lot of work for me to realise who I am. And I'm not willing to let that go for anyone. Of course, some days it can be hard. Like, some days I wake up and just don't feel like a woman. I know I am a woman, but sometimes I don't feel like one. And it can take some time for me to really think to myself that even when I'm not feeling glamorous or girly, I am still a woman. And that's so important for me to remember. 
even when I'm not feeling feminine, I am still a woman. I am still the same person. I will always be me. I am and always have been Maeve.